Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today's episode, I'm dropping a day early because I'm so excited about it. Um, I have as my guest, Patty Godfrey, who is the race director for the Snowdrop Ultra 55 hour event. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a race, but it is something that I've been involved with um, either as a, you know, an attempt at a hundred miler and ended up with a hundred K, which still wasn't bad on my first shot. But, um, but then I was also a relay runner, I think for the last three years, um, or I think 2020 I took off, but anyway, so this year I'm back and I'm really going to try to get this hundred miler. Um, it's not going to be pretty. I already know this, but I'll, I'll talk more about that on the uh, back end of the episode. But um, yeah, Patty's really cool. She's a Midwesterner like me. Um, she's from St. Louis. And, uh, you know, those of you who know me know I'm from Cincinnati. And uh, yeah, and, they're, and my dad is from just outside of St. Louis, um, across the river in East St. Louis. <laughs> Don't make jokes. Um, but anyway, um, this is Patty's final year race directing Snowdrop, and um, it was really fun to talk to her about, you know, her journey as a runner, um, which she actually, I think, has been a runner most of her life. Um, but interestingly enough, um, has never done a hundred miler. And I was like, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe there's something to that. Um, but anyway, she's, uh, yeah, quite an interesting person. Um, just a very inspirational, uplifting person. And um, this race is very unique in that, you know, you do get a hundred, she's oh, dragging Donna. You get 55 hours to do as many miles as you can in this 0.66, whatever uh, mile loop um, that they change directions every so often. And, um, and it's over New Year's weekend. And, and I found out why they do it over New Year's weekend, which is sort of a funny story. Um, but anyway, the uh, the effort is for uh, children's cancer uh, research as well as uh, scholarships for survivors of childhood cancer. And so um, it is just a very, very um, exciting, um, well, I shouldn't say exciting, but it's it feels good to be part of this. Um, and I actually, you know, I, I wasn't going to try the 100 miler and then April 1st came, which I think is hilarious because that's always the day that the uh, opening uh, for sign up begins and and me and my friends were all just like you're gonna do it you're gonna do it and I'm like oh what the hell all right sure you know and so <laughs> and I know I got a uh, hundo and babe that is Orly and Kathy uh, Montavo um, my friend Cerisa's doing it uh, Tanya Connors uh, I think this is gonna be her third um, and I think Cerise is shooting for 150 and she's such a beast. She'll probably do it. I mean, I think she got like 130 last year. So yeah, she's, she's pretty amazing. And she runs barefoot for training and, you know, and she's like a kindergarten teacher. So she's always on her feet. So, you know, there's that. Um, my friend, Sarah, um, my, my new friend from, uh, San Antonio, um, off-road runners is also attempting her first hundo. And, uh, you know, we've kind of made a pact, <laughs> to try to get each other through it. And then uh, apparently, I'm trying to think of who else is supposed to be coming up. Um, there's a bunch of people from the Valley who are on a relay team and I think they're going to be up. So it's just going to be a big party and I'm, I'm super excited um, to be part of it. It's, it's just a, a great feeling. Um, it's, it's a very different 
and I, and I had a little trouble the first time I did it, admittedly, in that I, I couldn't really wrap my head around it because I was so accustomed to watching my time. And, you know, and I got kind of frustrated going, why haven't I hit 15 miles yet? And I was already at like, you know, 15 hours, 16 hours or whatever. And normally I can knock out a 50 miler in about 14-ish you know, hours, um, which is still nothing to get excited about. But um but again, most of the time you're going to be walking around that circle. And, and she gave me a hint about um, how to do the walk run thing uh, that, that she had gotten a friend through. And I was like, Ooh, that's a good idea. I like this. Um, the other cool thing about this race is they give you real meals at mealtime. And it's not just like, you know, the usual assortment of junk food that you might get at a aid station. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, there are meals and she's got a, uh, I think it's Rudy's barbecue. I think there's a taco place. I don't know if it's taco cabana. I can't remember which one it is. Um, I, she's got, uh, this Italian restaurant. I think that's local to Houston area. This is where it's held is outside of Houston and, um, Missouri city, which is just a wonderful little suburb of Houston. Um, there's some money there. There's some, you know, pretty nice places but buffalo run park which is where the the event is held is just lovely and um and i found out about what the city officials you know they they pretty much have embraced this event you know because again it does bring in some money uh for the city because people are staying in hotels even though most of us are not really staying three nights in a hotel we're going to be <laughs> you know, grinding it out, you know, probably sleeping, you know, the day before the race and then, you know, the day after or something. And then in between, you know, they're just getting a free room for us. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, they're, they're, they're a great, um, municipality and I can't say enough great things about them as well. And, um, but yeah, she also told me, and I'm not going to spoil it, but she told me about a new uh, meal sponsor this year, and I'm kind of excited about that one. And uh, so you'll just have to listen ahead and find out. Um, also, if you are feeling FOMO, you know, if you're missing out, um, there are still um, spots available for you to sign up. She is going to increase the cap this year uh, just slightly. Um, you know, I think also because it... The thing is, is, I think most of the time it's about 200 people out there, but you don't really feel, even though it's a small, small-ish venue, you don't really feel like it's like this, I don't know, sometimes you'll be at races, like especially road races, and, you know, at the beginning it's sort of like this, you know, thing where you're just sort of, you know, dodging in and out of people and stuff and, you know, getting around the slow people like me. Um but it really kind of thins itself out, you know, as the day progresses. And again, people sleep um, and, you know, Hundo Orly has uh, convinced me that I need to <laughs> not sleep in my hotel, damn it, um, or shower or any of that stuff. But I just need to, you know, hang out with them at the, you know, uh, they've got a tent and all this other stuff and they've got like a little setup. And so I guess I'm going to rough it like everybody else. And, um, which will probably prevent me from wanting to quit. Um, I hope, I hope, I'm, I swear I'm not going to quit because I want that belt buckle. And I just want to be able to say I did it. And um, again, my journey uh, in terms of training for this has not been great, but I'm still going to be, you know, braving, you know, the uh, the rest of the, you know, next couple of months, you know, and, and trying to, um, 
do some stuff so that I'm not completely dying. Um, anyway, that said, let's uh, let's listen in on my interview with Patty Godfrey. Just so okay. I, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So you just told me that you are a professional volunteer after taking a six month sabbatical from uh, teaching hospitality management. Um, what twenty two years ago? <laughs> Something like that. All those years start running together as we age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So how many kids do you have? So I have two adult children. I have a daughter who is 26. Um, her and her husband are finishing up their PhDs in math. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> at the university of Nebraska Lincoln. Oh yeah. Um, and then they just gave us our very first grandchild Rosina in January. Oh, congratulations. She actually had her baby the day after the ultra last year. <laughs> At least she waited. So, well, she was hoping to have the baby by December 31st so, for tax reasons. But, uh, and then I have a grown son, Jack, who's 23, um, who is a, a, a bartender at Bolero out in Stafford. And he is just recently been promoted to one of their uh, corporate trainers. Nice. Yeah. Super cool. Super yeah. Cool. So, well, first of all, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to connect and, um, you know, because I've been wanting to, well, it's funny, um, you probably know him, Orlando Montalvo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Montalvos. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like very dear friends of mine. They're almost like family. And um, yeah, he was like, you need to interview Patty. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. She's always busy. And then I thought, well, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe I can probably, I'll get you before everything starts to get really nuts. So uh, yeah, it's already started to get a little nuts. I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has. So, well, first of all, I want to talk to you. Um, are you from Houston originally? No, I was born and raised in St. Louis. Um, and that kind of leads to my connection with Kevin. Okay. Um, he's a St. Louis boy. He was on the radio in St. Louis for years. Really? Which um, station? Did, oh, God. Well, I don't remember the station, but I do know that I'm, I'm going to take this out. I do yeah, know. I know. I, I go with <laughs> I do know that we talked about KC95 Radio, which is a legendary radio station in St. Louis. And okay. uh, when we first kind of connected here in Houston, we were talking about KC and I'm KC, KC, you know, <laughs> and um, that's kind of how our connection unfolded. Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my dad's side of the family is from East St. Louis. So oh. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm from Ohio. So, like every year, we would go back to visit the grandparents and my aunt and uncle. And um, that was our vacation going to East St. Louis in the 70s. Um, you know, what? Watching as it became less and less yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, I was, do remember my uh, aunt listening to, I don't know if it was KMOX, is that a KMOX game? radio? Oh, that's still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I can't yeah. believe I remember that. <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. So, no, I was born and raised in St. Louis. Um, I went, I started off college. I ran track at the University of Kansas. Nice. Um, before I decided that I was kind of done you know, I ran collegiately and it's a lot, of, it's a lot. I was, I was done. And then I transferred to the university of Houston because they had one of the best hospitality programs in the United States. Um, and that's where I ended up and graduated from and um, met my husband at a keg party across the street from the university. And, uh, you know, 32 years later, we're still, we're still hanging on. That's cool. No, yeah. Keg party. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always jokingly say, 
so I've been told I met him at a keg party. I don't much remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as I say, that wouldn't be much fun if you did. No. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, the story's better if I didn't. Yeah. So, so you've been in in Houston then uh, ever since. Um... Yeah, we lived in Orlando, Florida for a while with my jobs in the hotel industry, and mm-hmm. came back to Houston and. Um, I started working in the in uh, at the University of Houston, and then he got into technology, and um, so he's been in the technology business now for twenty five years. And oh wow, um, you know, so yeah, we lived in Sugarland for twenty five plus years. Sold our house, built a new house in the Third Ward here in Houston, and okay. uh, we absolutely just love it. That's so cool. I love yeah. Houston. Yeah, it's it's. Awesome. I mean, I don't. I'm not as familiar with it as you know you know, I am with other places, but I, 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 I'm familiar enough with it, you know, obviously coming over and doing these races and right. Where are you from? I'm originally from Ohio. I'm originally okay. from Cincinnati. So I'm another okay. Midwesterner. Yes. Yay. And then I, I know. And then I also lived in Florida. Um, I moved there in 89. Um, I moved to Stewart, Florida. Uh, I don't know if that rings a bell, but that's, it's a smaller town, uh, on the East coast, just North of West Palm beach. And, um, okay. I was a newspaper reporter there for a couple of years, about two or three years. And then I moved to Fort Lauderdale and worked at the uh, Sun Sentinel, which is the sister paper of the Orlando Sentinel. Um, I worked there for almost 10 years and I did all kinds of stuff. And, um, and then in 2001, I decided, well, I could sit here and keep making good money because this is before everything went to hell. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I was just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of this. I feel like I've done a lot. And and so I uh, decided to go to grad school okay. um, so I could teach. And um, because I was always the, the reporter that was taking the interns under my wing or the new kids just out of college, you know, so I felt like I had a knack for it, which I do uh, 20 years later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I ended up in Texas um, in 2004 after I got finished with my grad program Um I was a documentary film major uh, in uh, at University of Florida, Go Gators, okay. and uh, yeah, and then I ended up in the Rio Grande Valley for about thirteen years, and wow. uh, that's, how knew, that's how I know Orly and, and Kathy okay. and a lot of those uh, Sarisa Romero, you may yeah. know her, yeah, Tanya Connors, yeah. So I mean, yeah, a lot of those folks, um, even though some of them don't live there anymore, but that's those were my right. people, <laughs> right, right. Well, we used to go, so we live in Orlando. I uh, worked at a resort in Orlando and Kevin actually worked for Disney. And so oh, we nice. used to go drift diving down in West, we, we became divers living there. And yeah. we used to go drift diving in West Palm Beach all the time. Oh, I love West Palm. Oh, I know, I know. I, so we, I did, miss it. we did miss I, that when we moved to Texas. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, I mean, it was nice when I moved to the Valley because you were only like about an hour and a half from the, from the, you know, South Padre, right? Um, which wasn't bad. I mean, but it wasn't like living in, you know, Stewart or Fort right. Lauderdale, right. you know, where right. you like ride yeah. your bike and be at the beach, you know, and now I'm in San Antonio. I've been there for five years and, um, or here for five years. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I really miss Florida, but yeah, you know, although yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's like, <laughs> but then, it, then of course, if I move, then I would miss everything here. So it's right. Like, right. You, know, you always get right. nostalgic about everything. So, uh, yeah, we, we but, like it here in Texas. It's not, it's not so bad. Yeah, no, it's not. And um, yeah, it's it's got so much variety to it and everything. Right. And right. the running scene is so great. I mean, oh, it is. 
yeah I really was not much of a runner until about 10 12 years ago so so I kind of got started later in life yeah <laughs> but um so so you ran track and uh so were you always a runner then um when you were a kid or you know no I was kind of one of those kids I did softball I did gymnastics oh, yeah. started running locally when I was about 11 or 12 years old and um I just loved it it clicked um I actually <laughs> 30 something years later, I actually still hold two records at my high school. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Crazy. Um, after I got done running in college though, I took a break. I was just, you know, I was just, uh, I mean, I ran for fun. I didn't run my first, I ran my first marathon in 2005. Okay. Um, did my first triathlon in 2005. And then I did my Ironman in 2011. And so now I just run for fun. I, you know, I've got, I've done the marathons. I've done the ultra marathons. Yeah. You know, um, been, there, done that. been there, done that, you got know, um, you know, people are like, do you ever want to do your own race a hundred miles? And I said, no. <laughs> so you haven't done a hundred miler. Oh no, 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 no. I've done a 50 miler, but never, I, I people who do that are crazy. And I love being around <laughs> crazy, right? I love contributing to crazy. Um, I love you know, encouraging people to be crazy because that's pretty much what I do with the ultra, but I have no desire to be that crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I tried, I tried the hundred probably about five years ago at Snowdrop and um, I just wasn't used, I've, I've paced enough people um, you know, at hundred milers, but those were, you know, your more traditional kind of right. races. And so, right. Um, and I'd only done like about 250 milers prior to that. And, um, and so I just kept looking at my watch going, oh my God, why is it taking me so long to get to 50 miles? And, <laughs> and, and I, and I remember going into the 10, talking to Becky Spalding, who's a buddy of mine. And, uh, I'm like, Becky, I don't know. I said, I'm, I'm my knees are hurting, you know, and I was just kind of like crashing mentally. And, and I'm like, what do you think if I just settled for hundred K. I mean, like that's, oh, that's and she's, and she's like, yeah, she goes, well, how long do you think that'll take you? Cause I was just getting the 50 miles and it was like two o'clock in the morning and I, you know, whatever. And, and three o'clock and, and she's like, why don't you just go back to the hotel, sleep for a couple hours and then come back, get your 12 miles and then you'll be done. And I was right. like, right. And that's what I did. So Good. But I've been part of those relays. Um, oh yeah, the last few yeah, as you know, because I keep emailing you the last few years, going, "Well, training's falling off the rails, and I need <laughs> to be on a relay team," you know. And uh, I ain't gonna do it this year. Um, but I I watched people doing it, and I just kind of learned from from them, you know, it's like the strategies, sort of, you know. Um, and so if I don't get it this year, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> well, so a good, so, you know, it's funny, everybody has their own strategy based on who you are and what you can tolerate. So, um, you know, you've got the, the guys who will be out there for the whole, get their hundred miles done and be done. You've got people who will take as long. I mean, you get 55 hours. There aren't very many ultras that allow you 55 hours <laughs> to do hundred miles. And so we're unique and that we do get a lot of you know, late time people, but one of my good friends who's a walker, she's, she's pretty much, you know, she used to do the Avon two, three day walks, right? Remember those? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, I want to do your ultra. And I said, great. She goes, I don't know what to do though. Cause I'm not a runner. So we came with a plan. So the first day she came out and she did 40 miles. Wow. Went home, walked it, walked the whole thing. Right. Went home, took a shower, slept in her own bed, got up the next morning, came back out, did 40 miles the second day. 
went home, came back the next day, got in 20 miles, did her hundred miles. Nobody ever asked her, how long did it take you? Yeah. Right. That was her plan. And it worked for her. She That's never, so cool. she never hurt. She never ate, you know, 40 miles a day. She's like, man, 40 miles. I can do 40 miles a day. That's, you know, seven, eight hours. Yeah. You That's know, so cool. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> so just, you know, think about that. It's not that you have to be out there the whole time, you know, no. your, your body. But I always say, you know, the distance between any start and finish line is right here. I know. Well, that, yeah, and I was talking to Orly because my, my strategy after watching a bunch of people, you know, doing it, it was to go back to the hotel and sleep after about 50 miles or something and then come back and, you know, keep going. And he's like, he knows me <laughs> pretty well. And he's like, you're not going to do that. He says, you're going to just sleep on the sidelines and, and you're going to, cause otherwise you're going to go back and quit. Right. I'm like, no, but he's probably right. So. Yeah. It takes, I mean, it takes a unique person to leave the course for that long and come back. And yeah. traditionally it's cold at the snow drop. Yes. Right. <laughs> Except for like, last year. <laughs> well, last year was a fluke. I, oh, oh, I mean, that was, that but, was I mean, weird. it's traditionally been cold. And you know, once you get out of that cold and you're in the warmth, you're like, Oh, and you shower <laughs> and you shower and you're like in your own bed and you're like, how do I get back up? So it takes a unique person to do it that way. Yeah, no, I agree. You know? I mean, I mean, I think in my case, that first time it was like, I knew I only had 12 miles to go. So I was like, all right. Okay. You can write. So, that's, yeah. Yeah. but it's not but like you, I was looking at 50 miles again. <laughs> right. But never discount doing a hundred K. Holy crap. That's amazing. That's awesome. I think people who do any, any of this stuff is, is awesome. <laughs> Right. Anybody who goes and does a 5k, I think is awesome. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so anyway. Yeah, no. So, well, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I know I'm going to be walking a lot. I mean, a lot of my training really has been kind of run walk. Um, I am not, you know, I mean, I can remember there were probably about five, six years ago, I could run a 50k, you know, I mean, it wasn't really fast, but I could do it. But now it's like, in fact, I've got one <laughs> next weekend at Mission Tejas. Okay. <laughs> and uh oh I know I'm going to be walking a lot of that right. you know, so uh and but I walked know, a lot at Rocky Raccoon this year right, too my birthday right. but you know if you if you know you're going to walk a lot of it then you need to train walking a lot of it right exactly that's what Becky told me mm -hmm. you're using different muscles your knees your hips your legs your feet where your feet hit the ground determine mm -hmm. your blisters how that all of those things come into play so I tell people all the time you're not training to run a hundred miles. You're training to finish a hundred miles, how you get there, right? You need to train that way. So I have a good, I have a friend of mine since it's my last year, she's like, okay, I've always wanted to do one. And so I'm going to do it. And she's literally been running. Like she'll walk like five minutes and run for like a minute. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, this is working for me. And I said, there you go. And yeah. I said, and, and if during the race, you have to change it to where you're walking eight minutes and running a minute. She's like, I can do that. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just getting your body used to doing right. that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of my training has been like the one, one intervals. Um, yeah. although I, I don't know that I can hold that for a Yeah. A one, I think a one, one to me, even I think that's too much. That's too much. That's not enough walking for sure. Yeah. For shorter distances, you for know, shorter distances. Yes. For training and stuff like that. Yeah. For right. like my everyday stuff, but yeah, I mean, right. I know I'm going to be, you know, walk like you're talking right. eight, yeah. eight minutes of walk and then one minute. Right of run yeah and I think that's a good strategy I mean I think it's then, I think I just need to tell myself it's okay you just need, it's okay and the great thing about this about snowdrop to me 
having done some ultras, you know, you get out there and you've got six miles between aid stations, you start freaking out a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. oh. Do I see anybody? Am I out Are there? there yet? <laughs> Am I there yet? I mean, whereas, you know, every 6.69 miles, you're going to see somebody plus everybody out there is moving like you. Yes. There's always going to be somebody to walk with. Oh, always, yeah. You know, um, Joe Fegis is coming back out this year. I mean, Joe Joe's hold, holds the records in six days at the dome. He's coming back out this year, and he he's the only one that's ever done. He did 250 miles year, several years ago at the snowdrop. Oh, that's crazy. The only one that's ever done 250 miles. Wow. And this guy is on. This guy is world renowned. If you Google Google Joe Fegis, he's okay. he's coming to the ultra, and you can you can spend some time walking with him and talking to him about his life and oh my gosh he's just the nicest guy you'll that's so cool yeah yeah he'll walk with everybody no I like that um who's the guy I think he's called doc or something like that oh yeah doc should be back out there I love him I know I just like him a lot yeah you know um we we encourage everybody to walk with doc not not for any reason but to help keep an eye on doc I don't mind doing that. Yeah, yeah he's no, fun. He's, I mean, he's he's fun to talk to. And, he's a good guy. And he'll talk your ear off too. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, well, I can yeah. do that too. So, yeah, <laughs> Lydia Rios. Um, yep. I just interviewed her, and uh, I think she's going to be out at Tejas uh, Mission Tejas next weekend. Okay. And, uh, she's amazing. I just absolutely love her, and um, yeah. So I mean, there, I've got a lot of friends from the valley who are coming up, so it feels like it's going to be a really big party for me. You know, so yeah. it's like. And I've got a friend of mine in San Antonio here and she's slow like I am. And we've been, you know, kind of training together and, you know, she's never tried this one before because originally she's like, well, I'm just going to do hundred K and I'm like, try, try thinking you're going to do the hundred. And if you really have to, you know, so I'm working on her. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, what you guys want to do is, you know, if you want to get out there early on the 29th, and uh, kind of claim your spots if you guys. Oh yeah, to yeah. Well, I think Orly and Kathy. Yeah, they've got the yeah and all that. Yeah, stuff. kind of yeah. you know all stick together, and it does become a party. I mean, God, you know, it's. it's I, I I tell you, one of the things I love about it is that area over there where all the tents are and where everybody yes. is. I yes. love walking over there and just I do, the I do energy too. is just. I mean, you get you get 0.69 miles of pure energy, like literally. The only part maybe you don't feel it is on the sidewalk along the street. Oh yeah, by the dog pound or uh, the dog pound. But other than that, once you get past that, you know, it's, that, fun. That, it's happening all the way like around. Parade. The station. It is. It's like a parade. That's a good way to put it. It is. It's just <laughs> this really cool parade. I remember my friend um, Alex Segovia a few years ago. At night, he was putting on these blinking Christmas lights and just kind of walking. You know, and I was like, "That's such a great idea." You know, trying to make it. it fun. You know, I but, love it. That's exactly yeah. what it should be. Yeah. So, okay. Well, let's talk about your origins and how you got involved in, in, in this crazy thing, uh, this crazy, but wonderful thing. Um, how did that, how did this all start? So, you know, I met, like I said, I had some connections with Kevin, um, through our, our St. Louis connections and I was in Austin. Tell me Kevin's last name. Kevin Klein. Okay. Got it. Okay. Kevin and Trish Klein. Oh, that's Trish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin and Trish Klein. So I met Kevin. uh, We were in Austin together doing the Austin Marathon years ago. And he was talking about this new organization and this new foundation he had founded about Chelsea. And once he starts talking about it, you're hooked. Like, I mean, 
how can you say no to what they're doing? And, you know, as a parent, I'm very lucky that none of my children um, had cancer, that we had to go through that as a family. Um, and so I thought, you know, I'm really good. At, I, I like hanging out with them. So he used to do these crazy fundraisers every year. He would do, he ran from Dallas down to Waco, down to San Antonio and up to Houston. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> All by himself. And you could, you could like sponsor, you could go pay to run with him. And then he did a crazy 24 hour run at the, at the baseball stadium in Sugarland, just going up and down the stairs for 24 hours. Okay. <laughs> I know. I trust me. And then he did, he ran on a treadmill for 24 hours up in this um, glass enclosure at the Harley Davidson in Sugarland. Crazy. <laughs> and he did another one. Finally, a friend of mine and, and me sat with Kevin and said, Kevin, we love you. We love your heart. We love your passion. We love what you're doing, but you are absolutely going to kill yourself. We all want to be part of this. So let's create something. So that's when we sat down and um, we created the snowdrop. And he says, I'm only going to do this if you'll be my race director. And so, of course, I said yes, because I rarely say no. Um, <laughs> Had you ever done this before? Like race never. Director? So I had put, well, I had put on a couple 5Ks. I had put on actually before this, the first race I ever put on was a kid's triathlon. Ooh, that sounds fun. And, and it, it raised money for Snowdrop and another organization that assisted blind athletes. Okay. okay. And it, I didn't realize how good I was at it until like in the year two or three, we, we sold out 450 kids would sell out in like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. We were the largest kids triathlon in the United States for years. And so, um, when I finished doing that, we stopped that in 2011, just because all of my friends that were helping me, we decided to do Ironman and we didn't have time to put a kids try. So we, we changed. So then I put on the ultra and, um, since year one, it's been I mean, we had 54 runners in year one, um, had no How did you idea get the word out. <laughs> Who knows? I honestly <laughs> remember. And when I say we had 54 runners, we had like 39 people finished our first race. Wow. That's and, not bad. Um, it consisted of Kevin Klein, Trish Klein, me, my husband, my mom, my daughter, my son, Kevin's brother, uh, Trish's brother. That was about it. There was about maybe eight to 10 of us that put on this race. Yeah. The timing, yeah. the timing company we used was terrible, like terrible your laps. We couldn't figure out your laps. So uh -oh. half the time we were, oh, it was, but it worked and worked it's evolved. And evolved. <laughs> it has evolved into something that's, um, you know, pretty spectacular. We think. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't come out here and do this every new year's. <laughs> Right. Who does? I know. Well, right? how did you come up with the idea of doing it over New Year's? So, so Kevin's in the radio business. Okay. And so that was the only time that he really had off was over the holidays where, okay. um, and so he was like, that's, I can't, you know, and he was with, uh, 93Q. So you couldn't, we couldn't do it in February, March during rodeo. Oh yeah. Which would be the other great season to do. I mean, you don't want to do it in the summertime in Houston, um, I mean, even November is a crap shoot with weather, but they were yeah. so busy. So it was over New Year's because that was when he had off. That was it. That was right. the whole, that's how it came about. And that's I'm like, pretty interesting. I love it though. I think it's, yeah. it's a great way. Yeah. I mean, I go home and see my family over Christmas and then I'm yep. like, 
okay, guys, got to get back. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like I said, it just evolved from there. Word got out. And, um, you know, after a while, the, one, of, one of the years we sold out in like 45 minutes, we sold out. Was that like a few years ago? It was a few years ago. I want to say it was like, like 2017, 2018. It was, that was my first year. Yeah. yeah right before well, COVID. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like, sorry guys, we're sold out. And people are like, what do you mean? It just, registration just went on an hour ago. And I'm like, we're sold out. What do you have it at? We had a wait list of like 80, 90 runners. Yeah. You know? And what is the cap? So, you know, as we, as we've learned, right. And we've changed venues, um, okay. as a race director, you learn that, that you might have 200 people registered, but 15 to 15% to 18% of those people will not show up. Really? Really? Like gym memberships. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I have one of those too. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing, you know, and for whatever reasons, particularly with an ultra, particularly when you have to register for something this in April, in April, yeah. who knows? And, you know, we've gotten emails. We already have about seven or eight people on our deferred list. So, you know, I signed up in April and I ended up having some problems and I can't run or that. And we're like, that's fine. We, we defer. We're, you know, we're a community. We're not going to, you know, um, most people just are like, yeah, either defer me or just keep my register. I don't want to refund. My money. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, and so we usually cap it at about, we've, we've kept it at about 200 runners for the last, you know, six or seven years. And that's really worked mm -hmm. um, because we've got 20 relay teams. So you've got an extra 20 people. So on any given time, we would have at 220 people on the trail, right? Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. usually only within the first five or six hours. Yeah. And then people start, you know, straggling off for a little bit, taking some breaks. Um, and so we've, we've thought that, we've never had any issues with somebody saying the trail's too crowded. It's too busy. Ah. Um, you know, as long as people aren't walking three, four breast apart, cause there <laughs> are racers out there. I oh, mean, yeah. we, we have American records have been set at our course four times, three times we've had American records set. Wow. You know, so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it how is pretty how cool. come it's 55 hours? Cause I, I know there's a story behind this, but I want you so, to tell it. <laughs> yeah. This is another Kevin Klein, um, Chelsea Campbell, who is the young woman who Snowdrop was founded for, who passed away, um, had a, a, a marathon surgery and it still is the longest surgery ever at Texas children's. And um, I'm going to get this wrong, but I want to say what's 55 minus one, two, three is 52. So it was a 27 hour surgery, something like that. Times two is 54 plus one is Chelsea. So it was a, it was a 27 hour surgery and there was two surgeons in there the whole time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then there was Chelsea. So it was two surgeons times 27 hours plus Chelsea made it 55. 55. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I remember. Yeah. yeah. So that's where that, that's where that number comes from. So. Okay. And why is it called snowdrop? You know, um, you're, oh, you're asking, oh, these I'm are sorry. tough ones. No, that's okay. Well, I can, I, I can, I can kind of go look that up. No, no, no. So, so again, the snowdrop is a flower that blooms in springtime in the winter. Um, it, it just, it's just a beautiful flower that blooms and um, 
Kevin had this vision of Chelsea being this just beautiful flower that blossomed. Yeah. So that's why they call it the snowdrop. Okay. And yeah. um, obviously she passed, right? Um, she did. And uh, how old was she? Oh, I want to say she was 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah. As I say, I was thinking 17. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah probably, something yeah. like that. A teenager. Um, yeah. She was a teenager. And um, I want to say, you know, right before she passed away, Trish and Kevin got approval of the Snowdrop Foundation right before she passed away. So that was their gift to her yeah. um, and her family and, and her legacy continues to live on to this day. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and this race is not particularly cheap, which I always find interesting that it sells out. Um, however, we do get a lot for our, you know, we get a lot of bang for our buck and right. it's for a great cause. Um, right. So explain what the cause is. So our goal is to, um, I mean, the, the Ultra 55, you know, Snowdrop Foundation has a lot of components. They have a, a, a softball tournament, they have a gala dinner, they have some other races, some other things that they do. They have a big washer tournament. And so this is just one of those events that we have. It is probably the most, the, one of the most successful fundraising events. Um, so our goal is to raise money to provide scholarships for kids who are survivors of pediatric cancer um, who go away to college. Mm -hmm. um, this past year, we gave over $225,000 in scholarships to kids. Cause you know, financially, you know, their, their families are already burdened financially, the cost sure. of, of cancer and kids. And, um, it just gives these kids something to think about and say, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to strive for this. So uh, the other thing that Snowdrop does is they give a lot of money to research for pediatric cancer, because I, I want to say the number is like 5% of all cancer research dollars goes to pediatric cancer, 5%. That's, That's not it. a lot. Yeah. No. And so they do a lot of money. They do a lot with um, Texas Children's Cancer Center. But our goal mostly for the money we raise, almost all of ours goes, there's the only expenses that we have from the raise, like we don't pay anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing this for 10 years for free. Um, everybody who comes out and volunteers, love you. <laughs> volunteers, volunteers. I mean, that's the whole point. Um, and we are, oh, I, I have it written down. Our goal this year, and we'll reach that goal. Um, and we've got some really cool incentive prizes for, for fundraisers this year that we've never done before um, that we're going to be talking about publicly in the next couple of weeks is um, we're going to reach the million dollar mark before, before the snow, before the race starts. Oh my we'll, God, that's amazing. We'll have given a hundred, uh, a million dollars and given them not just raised, right? Because we can raise all the money we want, but then you've got all your expenses. So this is actually net mm -hmm. proceeds from our events that have been donated to Snowdrop. And um, oh, hang on, I'm going to tell you, you can talk while I look at this, but it's- Okay, congratulations. That's yeah, amazing. Thanks. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. Um, so this past year- Oh, it's okay. Take your time. <laughs> no, I, I have my folder sitting right, right here. So right now, so as of last, so from last year, we were at $898,000. So we only had 102,000 to raise and we've averaged 130 to 140 every year in the last Man. four or five years. That's so great. we will absolutely reach that million dollar mark um, plus. That's exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's good. That's really yeah. good. So yeah. 
So, I mean, I think one of the things, in fact, well, I was unpacking from traveling uh, to places uh, and, and I've got those snowdrop bags. I, man, I love those things. Um, you get a lot of don't a lot of stuff is donated is that how that works the, the yeah bags, the you know there, so you know when I first started doing the kids triathlon as a race director had you had you ever run Sunmart no but I've heard of it I know okay, so so my first ultra was Sunmart man and you go up there and the swag was amazing is that at um Huntsville it was up in Huntsville yeah yeah Mm -hmm. And then, and then there was a triathlon that me and my friends used to go do in August in Louisiana. Who does a triathlon in August in Louisiana? Um, it was called River Cities, but their swag was awesome. Yeah. So when I did the kids triathlon, I thought, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to have awesome swag. And these kids love the swag. Yeah. And so when we did the ultra and I, and we, when I said, we're going to do this, we're going to, I said, the swag's going to be great. Um, some we get donated. I mean, some just is out of our budget. Um, I will say not, not that you're going to be disappointed in the bag, but it's a completely different bag because I'm having our money go to some really other cool stuff. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I've got three bags, so. Well, everybody, and, uh, most people have bags and actually that's between the belt buckles and the bags. That's the most expensive, but I wanted to yeah. really up our game a little bit with the swag. So hopefully everybody will be like, Oh, Oh my God, this swag's really cool. When will, when, will be, when will we be hearing more about that? Oh, swag you'll see at Packet Pickup. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you know, maybe there'll be an announcement or something. Oh, you know, there's- Sometimes I, you do that. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I got some I got some stuff. These are, our, these are our buffs we've got this year. I love the color of them. Oh man, those are awesome. Yeah, I love the color of the buffs this year. I do too, glows in the dark. You know? Oh, yeah, looks nice good. Nice bright. See a yeah. lot of a lot of green going around the course this year. Um, yeah, so I'm working with some companies and we're getting swag. And like I said, we've 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 stuff is already in. I got it. I need to take a picture out in storage of some of the swag that's come in. Yeah, so, yeah. there's always these interesting random things like baby powder and, <laughs> and KT tape. Well, I mean KT tape's not bad, but you know, <laughs> you know the Epsom salts. We all need that. Everybody needs baby powder. One year Trish got a got a good. This is hilarious. One year she was online. And she was looking at this or company that we usually buy stuff from. And they had like Justin Bieber singing toothbrushes. Did you run the race? <laughs> gave those out that year? You would know. I don't think I got that. You know, one year we gave out bubble wands to everybody and people were running. I think around I, I, think I got wands. one of those. Yeah. So My who knows? That's just it. Who knows what you're going to get? It just depends on what Trish can find at a deep, deep discount. Yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoy it. So, I mean, yeah, and I think that's always something that, you know, those of us who participate, you know, we look forward to, you know, you know, the bag yeah. and the swag and all that yeah. stuff. And, yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is so cool about this race, and I often tell people, because, you know, obviously when you tell people you're going to try to do 100 miles or you're going to do 100 miles, they're like, do you sleep? Do you eat? <laughs> and I love that you guys do the meals at mealtime and it's like great food. I mean, <laughs> I just... Oh, Donna, right before I got off the, the, right before I got on this call, I actually updated our menu because we have uh, some new sponsors this year. We have Outback Steakhouses coming and they're doing salad and chicken and bread for us one day. Oh, I can't um, wait. We've got Rudy's Barbecue back. We've got Chewy's is back and Yay. we're, we're um, finalizing our stuff with Corelli's to do our pasta day. So um, oh, that was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah, you're, you're, if you're coming to run 100 miles to lose weight, do not come to the snowdrop. Ultra. Yeah. 
Uh, no one's going to come and lose weight. No, <laughs> What's the no, point no, of no. that? <laughs> yeah, between that and the Michelob Ultra beer, there, there's, yeah, you know. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, you've got, yeah, beer and yeah, champagne right? at midnight and all that. At midnight, so. you know. It's fun. It's, yeah. uh, so how did you end up at Buffalo Run Park? So, crazy story. You know, we, we, we started off at Sugarland Memorial Park. Okay. For our first four years. Okay. And the day after the ultra ends, we always we always apply for our permits to come back to the park. Well, the parks department at the city of Sugarland said we can't we can't we can permit you to come back, but you can't you can't camp. And we're like, what? They said, yeah, you can't camp. We changed it. And we're like, well, that's the whole point of that is everybody camps there and hangs out. Where it's like, can't you guys grandfather us in? And they're like, no, we have other organizations who we tell no to camping. And I'm like, you guys can't, you know, grandfather? No. So we kind of freaked out a little bit. And um, Trish and I started driving around to parks and nothing like <laughs> hopped out at us. And this park came up on our radar and we went out there and I, I went to it and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's so, so nice. Oh, so I called a very good friend of mine who was on the city council at Missouri City. Yeah. And I said, Anthony, we need to use your park and here's what it's for. And he goes, oh my gosh, that sounds fabulous. Let me take it to the city council. You come and come and present. And I said, okay. And they were like, oh, we'd love to have you guys. So the crazy thing is, and it, except for when they thought they were doing us a favor by putting down a concrete path on some of the course we were <laughs> yeah. like okay don't don't do that ever again don't oh, you know, i remember oh, i heard about that yeah yeah we're so sorry we thought we were helping you guys out we're like it's okay um we had no run. we had no running water where our tents where the aid station is so we actually had to run a line from across the street the first year from a fire hydrant for water the city's <laughs> like yeah let's not do that again we're gonna run so they ran a pipe from their water source, which was probably a good quarter mile away, they ran a pipe underground just for our event. Oh my God, that's so lovely. Right? Um, and so they're thrilled. The first year we had it there, we made this big announcement and and the guy at the parks department called me and he goes, Patty, we just had like 5,000 hits on Buffalo Run Park in like 10 minutes. <laughs> He's like, so they're, they're fabulous. We love working with them. And that's literally how we found them for. I love Missouri you know. city. It's so beautiful. And it is. yeah, and, and it's, it's just a nice place. Oh, and it's, it's actually, it's a beautiful park with the lake and there's trees and the bridge. I mean, it just really is a great place. It really um, is. It and really they take is. such great care. They are Missouri city. They are, they take such great care of us. I, I can't even talk more, talk about them without just, Oh, we love them. <laughs> yeah do any of the officials uh, come out and and check out the race then they do yep the mayor at the time was alan owens who i also know very well and alan would come out at the beginning and welcome all the runners and start the race um my friend anthony who's with city council comes out in the morning and he'll help start the race so oh, we always have officials out there if they can make it out there absolutely yeah. that's yeah. great that's great yeah and then throughout the race you know and this is you know they send out their parks guys you know, periodically to make sure that we're okay. Is there anything yeah. we need? They help I've with the yeah. So, you know, they, they take care of us even during the race. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the city makes some money, obviously, through the permits, correct? No? <gasps> I mean, we pay for the permits. Um, I won't even, I won't, which I, I, I won't even tell you what they charge us to use the park. They have to charge us something. Um, 
it's not a lot of money. That's so cool. Oh, it's, it's love you, Missouri City. I know it's almost embarrassing, but they're like, you know, we have to charge you guys something other. And I said, charge us something, whatever you guys feel is appropriate. And so what they charge us is um, very appropriate for us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, that's that. Yeah. Well, and that way more of the proceeds can go well, to the cause. Yeah. But what we what we also do, though, is that, you know, the hotel block of rooms is, is a hotel in Missouri City. Um, we shop at the HEB in Missouri City. We try to mm -hmm. use the, the, the people who do all of our shirts and all of our uh, swag stuff is in Missouri City. So we we bring them business. Right? Mm -hmm. So And they know that. And so that's how they look at it as a win-win for them. Oh, yeah. No, and I think that's important. I mean, I I know um, Chris McWaters, who's the race director for uh, Tejas Trails and uh -huh. uh, the big Bandera race that he puts on every uh, January um, cause I've helped with that one. And yeah, they, I mean, Bandera loves that race because it, it, it's a boon for the city because, yeah. you know, and they shop locally and yeah. everybody's staying at the little, um, you know, ranches and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think this yeah. kind of stuff is, it, it's good. It's how we give back, you know, so. That's it. And we tell people here's restaurants you can eat at in Missouri city, you know, things. I mean, we try to, you know, give back to the city as much as we can. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So what made you decide uh, that this was going to be your final year? So when we talked back nine, 10 years ago, I said to Kevin and Trish, um, okay, guys, this is going to, this is, this is a 10 year plan for me. We'll see where it goes. And after 10 years, if it's where it needs to be, I will, it's going to be time for me to walk away. And so this is my 10th year. Um, I'm happy to say, I think we've built this into an event that, um, you know, just like with any other event, somebody's, we, we actually have two race directors who have already come on board, um, Jared Manzel and Steve Melanchewski, who are both runners, uh, mm -hmm. they're both ultra runners. They've been part of the Snowdrop family for as long as I can remember. Jared, um, is actually a pediatric cancer survivor. Oh man believe it or not. He won one year, his wife won one year, Steve won last year. So they're runners. So yeah. this is, this is a race that's also, you know, it's put on by runners, right? You know, I'm a runner. Kevin's a runner. We're all runners. So we kind yeah. of, you know, we know. Um, and so they're, they're, they're going to take over next year. And um, just like every other thing, you know, they're going to come in and they're going to make some amazing changes and they're going to put their own spin on it and do things. And it's still going to be such a wonderful event where we just continue to raise money for Snowdrop. Cool. So do you think you'll be volunteering at all then, or uh, just kind of fading into the back? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I'll, I'll always be volunteer. I'll always be available. I mean, if there's, if they need me to do something, they know I, they, I'm just a phone call away. I mean, yeah. I'm not totally stepping away. Well, and and yeah. you've got all the experience. So yeah, plus I'm going to come out and cheer people on and I'll volunteer at the aid station. And I was going to say, it's going to be hard to step up. I mean, you know what I'm oh, yeah. like I'll come out and make pancakes and cook eggs <laughs> for everybody. I love like, the, I, and I just, as a race director, I, I'm, you know, I'm the good, the bad, the ugly, and the pretty, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, being a race director is not easy. You, you hear, you, you, you don't always hear all the good things, but man, you hear all the bad. And um, one of my jobs for, with, with this race for Trish and Kevin was, um, you know, I want this to be a positive event for Snowdrop. And so anything that comes that's not positive from the race is going to come to me. I don't, you guys don't need to deal with that. That's what I get to do as the race director. And mm -hmm. so um, I get to be the bad guy sometimes. And that's part of the job. And I get to be the good guy. And I, you know, all that. How, how are you the bad guy though? Oh, like DQing people or something? Or? Oh, yeah. Telling people no when they know better. Um, 
you know, just, you know, you can't do that. You can't have, you know, pacers out. Pacers, oh, right. Pacer. Yeah, well, they're just, this is just a family member walking with them for one or two, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know? that's got to be yeah. hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, the first couple of years, it was like, you know, can you guys do some vegan food? No, no, if you want food, I mean, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, try to do as much vegetarian. Not a restaurant. Yeah, (laughs) not a restaurant. If you have special needs as a runner, you should know to bring your own. You know, just oh, things. I wish y'all had this. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and remind me, I think it's one forty four is the amount of laps you have to do to get the hundred miles. Okay, now that one I had written down. That's so funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was in my it was in my notes. I did. I wrote. Man, you're really testing me now. I'm so sorry. No, it's the no. externalist in me. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, don't ever apologize. I think it's hilarious. And you would think I would know this stuff. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I love the bell. I think that, yeah, the bell oh, is. Oh, the bell is, the bell is fabulous. Oh, here we go. So see, I have it written down. Okay. So a hundred miles is 145 laps. 145. Okay. And then it's at 144 that you ring the bell. 144, you ring the bell. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> so you know, you know the sorry. significance of the bell. I was right? just going to make, ask you yeah. to explain that. I know it. So, tell me. <laughs> you know, I think anybody who has had anybody who's been affected by cancer and, and my mom is a 22 year breast cancer survivor. Um, you know, great. when you're done with your treatments, you ring a bell. And that signifies the end of your treatments and um, it's wonderful and joyous and you get goosebumps and it's uh, so ringing that bell after 144 loops, it's that it's my last loop, it's joyous, you get goosebumps and everybody is excited and you're crying and then all those emotions come out. Yeah, yeah, no, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I always get... I lost both of my parents to cancer. And um, so the the little uh, can, uh, votive candle, you know, the, oh, yes. the battery yep. operated, whatever. Oh my God, the first the first year, I didn't expect that. And they're like, would you like to light a votive candle? I'm like, sure. And I'm like bawling my eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I cry at the start of the race every year. Just, it's all the emotions that goes. It's just emotional. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, and then, then you're seeing all the little faces, oh. which I think is such a great, you know, touch. And, and I also noticed uh, this past year, cause I was doing the relay, um, is that somebody's switching those out, you know, over time. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and remind me again how, okay. So, because so people don't understand, you know, so people understand that you're not going to like completely blow out your knees going in one direction. You guys right. actually right. switch it every six so, hours. No. Well, so I, so we switch it every 12 hours, 12 hours. Okay. 12 hours. And then the last time you turn, I want to say, um, Again, these are all in my notes. <laughs> That's okay. No, if, Asking the tough questions. <laughs> basically, we tell people, we'll tell you when to turn. Yeah. And we have a wonderful timing company. We use Mike Bell two times across the years. Mike is known worldwide for timing ultra races. Um, they're amazing. They'll figure out, you know, if you turn too soon or you turn, I mean, they know. They know what your average They're the experts. Are. Yeah. They're the experts. Um, oh, well, that's the other big complaint we get every year is I thought I was on loop 135 and it's showing I'm only on a and one year bless her heart we had a runner who was using her Garmin which is why in our runner's guide you'll say I say your Garmin means shit to me (laughs) (laughs) because 
Can I say that on your podcast? You're allowed. No, we don't mind. Okay. This is an adult podcast. So, okay. Because yeah. because she was like, well, it's showing my my Garmin showing and your guys showing, and we're like, first of all, your Garmin, and you walk off the course, right? And even though you may walk to the bathroom, it's right there. You do that so many times, and it just it adds. And mm-hmm. so we have to tell people, the timing company is is it that's the there's don't don't come to me don't complain to anybody go talk to the timing company um but no so so we we switch directions every 12 hours so it takes some strain off of you going in one direction yeah Um, you know you switch you switch plus it just gives you mentally something new to think about (laughs) exactly right and you see the other side of the signs and things like that so yeah no it's cool it's very cool so um, anything else uh, new for this year that, that we can look forward to besides, um, I mean, the food sounds great. So food, food's always and fun, swag. Some of our new swag. We've got a new, we've got some new fundraising incentives that we're trying to do um, because, you know, this is, this is a fundraising event and we want people to come out. Um, and so in the past, we've only given prizes, um, you know, if you get to a certain level and usually I think the minimum is like a thousand dollars. And I looked at my notes and I was like, so many people don't raise money because they feel like they're never going to get to that. So we actually are starting our incentive prizes. And this is the first announcement I'm making about mm-hmm. it. And that's fine is that we are starting our incentive prizes at a hundred dollars. So if you remember when you're going to do you, that, <laughs> Donna, do you have kids? I don't. Okay. So, but you, probably have, but you probably have family and friends who've had kids. And then when kids were selling wrapping paper in school, right, you'd sell one roll of wrapping paper and you'd get a paper clip. Mm -hmm. And then you sold two rolls and you'd get a paper clip and a pen. Right, right. So with the ultra, so for every $100 you raise, you get a prize. And then at $250, you get that prize plus another prize. Oh, fun. And at $500, you get that prize plus that prize plus that prize. All right. And the more you raise, the really we've got more some prizes. really really cool incentive prizes this year. Nice. Any any hints as to what we might be looking at? Um, no. <laughs> That's okay. No. I can try. <laughs> uh, you can you can ask. Um, I will say, last year our top fundraiser, um, Jim Abney and his wife went on a seven day cruise out of Galveston as our top fundraiser. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's very so, cool. um, well, that's, that's, so, like, that's exciting. Yeah. Cause I yeah. mean, even somebody like me, you know, cause you know, nobody's got a ton of money, you know, these days and you yeah, know, I feel bad don't. asking, you know, for money, but you know, well, and some people are good at it and some people aren't and that's okay. But we think, you know, if we could get, you know, if we could get an extra 50 people to raise a hundred dollars, right. I think I can and, do that. Yeah. You know, you ask 10 <laughs> friends for $10 right? You ask four friends for 20. I mean, and then you say, oh man, that was easy. I could ask 10 more friends. And it's just one of those, you know, um, it literally, besides our expenses and our, like I said, our biggest expense is our belt buckles every year. Yeah. Um, how much do those cost? How much do they oh, cost individually? Oh, a lot. I can't, I don't want to tell you the cost of them because, um, we actually get a, the company that makes them for us, they're called silver, uh, <sighs> silver just belt they're buckles beautiful. And, they're, and they're beautiful wait do you see this year's <gasps> oh, I, I think wait. we posted this year's That'd online though we've 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 unveiled this year's if we haven't we should soon okay um, good they give us a it, it's a crazy how deep 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 discount they give us on these belt buckles yeah. like I can't you know um and so um I will tell you that 
that if you get to a belt buckle, um, easily half of your registration price is a belt buckle. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. So um, this will be my first. So well, let's I'm get willing. you, Donna, we are going to get you to that finish line this year. Let's do it. I'm ready. I am so ready. I mean, Good. Yeah. Cool. So uh, anything else you want to throw in? Um, yeah, I feel like um, we kind of you know, like I said, we're just, we're working hard. Um, we got our volunteer side up today. Um, we actually are still taking registrations because we opened it up because again, we know, um, you know, COVID kind of messed everything up. So we just want as many people, the, the course is not going to have 500 people on it. Right. Um, but, you know, 10 or 15 extra people on the course, we, we just want everybody to be able to participate this year. So um, we actually increased our numbers recently. Um, I'm working on sponsorships. We're working with the food companies. We're working with our vendors. All that stuff is just, it's kind of happening. I'm getting ready to order porta potties. Oh, um, yeah. That, those are know. awesome. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's those things that we need. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're clean. <laughs> and they're clean. And my coffee guy is on board. And our, it's just, we're just so fortunate to have some wonderful people who, uh, who sponsor us every year. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, it's been such a privilege to talk thanks. to you and uh, I can't wait to see you this year. Thanks. And, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I know. Well, thanks I've got for some reaching incentives. out to me. I, I always have time to talk about stuff that I'm involved with and this is, this is one that's near to me. So good. Well, good. Thanks, well, like Donna. I said, I, I, I'm, yeah, you're very welcome. And yeah, like I said, this podcast is kind of a niche audience, but uh, I feel like this is one worth broadening it for so uh, well, I appreciate it yeah and if you're out there and you're listening and you think okay I can I've been training I never thought about doing a hundred miler but I think I can um registration for snowdrop is still open just google I'll stick snowdrop. a link in my uh yeah in, that'd be awesome yeah. snowdrop yeah. ultra um if you're a company that's out there and you're like oh my god I love what you're doing um go to snowdrop and the ultra and there's a sponsorship page and so uh you want to come volunteer come volunteer or you want to help Donna get to her fundraising minimums, you can do that too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, stand by for one quick second. Thank okay. you. And I'm going to, all right. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you feel uplifted and, and I hope some of you want to sign up. I will throw a link in the show notes um, for signing up for Snowdrop this year. Um, I know that sometimes if, if you want to do a relay, um, I don't think they have any spots open for relay teams as such, but the last few times I've tried it, um, there's, I've always been like the orphan, you know, that joins the, uh, the team. I'm like the player to be named later. And, um, so I end up as, you know, sort of like this, you know, appendage, um, unfortunately last year I was on a team that I didn't realize was pretty competitive and, uh, and they normally win the relay. And of course they, I think they came in second. I mean, these people actually run for two hours solid. And, and I, and it was weird last year. It was unusually hot uh, for New Year's. It was like in the eighties. And um, I remember Patty having to pivot and instead of giving out like, you know, hot drinks or whatever, they were giving out popsicles <laughs> you know, at the end of December, it's like, wow, this is weird. Um, but you know, that's the thing you got to learn how to pivot as a race director. And, um, so, but I, I do highly encourage people to get involved. Uh, even if, if you want to volunteer, um, it's, it's a great experience. It's uplifting. I just can't say enough great things about it. I, uh, 
I, you know, I can't imagine spending my New Year's any other way now, you know, as I've done it for, you know, four out of the last five years because 2020 was a wash. But um, I did ring in 2020. <laughs> I think I was on a relay team that year. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so the training, ooh, wow, this week was weird. It, you know, last week was sort of, um, this week wasn't a whole lot better. Okay, so, um, and you know, this is something that anyone over 50 or over a certain age is going to have to deal with. Um, I had a colonoscopy on Friday, and so, and Patty didn't even know this, um, but I, uh, yeah, so I did the prep for it on Thursday, which means basically you cannot eat any solid food. You have to drink, you know, bouillon, um, juice, um, ginger ale, um, trying to think what else I had. Well, you could do popsicles, but I couldn't find any popsicles that weren't red. You're not allowed to have anything red because that kind of messes up the, um, uh, results. Um, oh yeah. I had like two kinds of jello, the, uh, orange, and then there was a, uh, lime flavored that was disgusting because it was sugar free. <laughs> I was so hungry and I don't think I eat much dinner on Wednesday night. So I didn't really plan very well, but anyway, so about 5 PM, I had to take this mixture, you know, and those of you who have been through this know the drill, but this was my second colonoscopy. I had one 10 years ago and it was fine. Um, but you have to take this, um, powder and you mix it with uh, water and then you sip it for like 30 minutes and then you have to chase it with you know, another 16 ounces of water or whatever. Let me just tell you, I, I do not remember working this fast <laughs> the last time. Um, like 10 minutes after I finished that first dose. Yeah. I was in the bathroom for hours. Well, probably about two hours uh, off and on. And it was pretty annoying. And um, I didn't really sleep that night. And then 2 AM I had to get up and start the second dose. Um, and I think I probably guzzled that a little quick because um, it just kind of sat in my stomach. It made me feel all, you know, uh, for about an hour. And then it, whoo, wow. Then about 3, 3.30 or so it kicked in and I'm like, oh, wow. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's just such an unpleasant thing, but you have to do it. I mean, it's, it's for your health and it's important. And um, I uh, hired an Uber to get myself to the, um, um, clinic or whatever, um, by 7am. And, um, you know, it was kind of weird also because <laughs> you're like in these, um, you know, it's like being in an ER unit or whatever, you know, and they've got all these like, you know, curtains, you know, it's kind of like shower curtain-y things, except they're made of cloth. And, uh, these poor nurses, I don't know how they do this day in a day out. Cause they have to keep asking the same questions about your family history, your history. Um, when was the last time you ate? When was the last time you had anything to drink? Blah, 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 you know, on and on and on. And of course, I'm just like sitting there on the bed, listening to everything around me. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I know way more than I need to know about all these people that are around me. And we're all going through the same thing. I just can't imagine being a doctor that does this, but God bless you for doing it. You know, um, I just, <laughs> I just can't, um, but yeah, I, I, I think they wheeled me back into the room and it was funny. It was kind of like being in like the eye doctor's office. I mean, it was just this tiny little room and, um, they had some music. I forget what the song was that was playing. Oh, it was, um, Pitbull. Um, uh, my sister would know the song cause she loves Pitbull. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was one of his songs was playing and then I don't know, something else, but then, um, 
they gave me the, uh, I, I looked at the clock and it was like five till nine and I think it was five till nine. And then <laughs> next thing I know, I'm being awakened by the nurse in the recovery area and it was 10 after nine. And I was like, wow, that went really fast. And, uh, and, so, <laughs> and I felt pretty good. I mean, I didn't feel groggy or weird. And I mean, I was just tired cause I hadn't slept the night before. So I was, you know, it was just like this, you know, put you through a lot, but anyway, and then I had one of my, um, and, and this was not someone I asked, uh, he, he offered, uh, one of my former students who happens to be on the magazine staff with me, um, offered volunteered to pick me up. And so they had called him and he was right there, you know, in his pickup truck and took me home. Um, and I was able to hold a conversation without embarrassing myself. And the funny thing is, is I found out that he, uh, and he grew up in my neighborhood. So it was kind of funny to sit and talk about Highland Park and San Antonio. I, I love that. I love my neighborhood. It's, it's, it's a cool place. It's, you know, very working class. It's an old neighborhood and, um, I don't know. It just fits my personality. But anyway, long story short, um, I did come home and, you know, it was weird. I wasn't really hungry. I, I think I had some chips and guacamole, I know, at 1030 in the morning or whatever time it was, 930. I don't know. I don't even know what time it was. But anyway, I, uh, I took a nap, woke up like around 1230 and I really wasn't hungry, but I knew I had to interview Patty at uh, three and so I was like, Oh boy, I hope this goes well. And it was fine. I mean, I, you know, felt lucid and I mean, I didn't feel like anything had happened, you know? So, um, so there, Patty, there's, there's a funny little backstory on this one. Um, but I have to say, um, I, I, I didn't, I, I ended up not running yesterday. Um, not because I didn't feel like it, but because, <laughs> uh, those of you who know me know, I am, a feeder of a uh, community cat colony with my neighbors. Um, and uh, I oftentimes will give them the uh, leftover wet food that my cats don't eat. Okay. I have two cats here. And uh, so <laughs> I uh, opened the back door Saturday morning and, um, and I have a screen door also. So that way, you know, whatever is outside doesn't get inside. Um, however, Teddy, this uh, little orange, tabby kitten who's pretty anxious a lot i mean i've seen him like actually jump up on the screen door and rebound off of it when i you know i'm trying to come out the door to feed them and i'm just like oh my god well somehow teddy ended up in my house and i'm just like oh my god you know and unfortunately he is not one of the few that i've socialized or been able to or, you know can pick up or touch or anything and so i'm just like oh my god this is gonna be awful <laughs> so poor Teddy, you know, and I have, I have a very open floor plan house, at least the front part of it. So you have like the kitchen and then the living area, you know, and, and, you know, kind of like my dining area. So everything's, you know, it's about 600 feet, you know, uh, of space. And he ran across <laughs> and then he encountered P, uh, P, we, um, my, the elder statesman of my cats, uh, who's probably about 16 and does not like chaos or, um, you know, anything different. <laughs> so he hisses at, at Teddy and Teddy's of course freaked out and, um, and he's swiping at him and I'm like, Oh my God, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. And, uh, Teddy just cowered underneath my sofa. <laughs> and of course P is just parked underneath a uh, chair adjacent to the sofa so we could look at him, you know? 
And I'm just like, what am I going to do? And then of course, Hazel, my other cat, as expected, he's so chill. He doesn't care. He just kind of started walking toward Teddy and he's like, yeah, I don't care. And you know, so, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, what am I going to do? I've got to get this cat out of my house. Cause first of all, he's not fixed. He doesn't have vaccinations or anything. A lot of the other ones do because I've been you know, taking him in to get him fixed and vaccinated um, through this amazing program we have in San Antonio. And uh, so I uh, did shut the bedroom doors. Um, so that way we in the bathroom door. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, if Teddy got spooked, there really wasn't any place else that he could go escape to because the living room's pretty well, you know, far, you know, it, it's pretty open. So it, you know, there's not a lot of places you can go. So I, uh, I kind of moved the uh, sofa a little bit. And of course he came out and of course Pete was very upset. And then Teddy just, <laughs> he started running to the front door. And so I was trying to open it to shoo him out. And then he got freaked and then he ran to the back door and this went on for about a couple of minutes, me running back and forth. It was fun to look at my uh, heart rate <laughs> stats from that time. <laughs> and then he started, I had, okay, I live in this house that was built in 1939. And, and so it's got these really cool, like small windows um, that are on the side of the front door on, on either side of the front door. Well, he, he could see those windows and he thought, this is my way out. And so he starts jumping at the windows. I mean, I was terrified he was going to hurt himself or break the glass. And so I'm just like, Oh God. And, um, I happen to have, um, some throws like some, uh, what do you call them? Like Chanel, Chanel or plush throws that, um, Kathy Montalvo, Hey, Hey, had given me, um, it's a nice little gift. And, so I keep them over my, uh, my, my two living room chairs. And so I grabbed one of them and, uh, while Teddy's like freaking out, I just threw the whole thing over him and bundled him up. And he's, you know, of course crying and wiggling and I'm just like, shut up. I don't care. And I managed to get the front door open and I got him out and he was fine. And, um, so I've learned not to open that back door, uh, or feed them back there. So it's like, I've, so basically now what I have to do is open the front door, walk all the way to the back and then feed them further away from the, the back door. So that way they don't come in. And part of that was my own, that was like a hell of my own creation. But anyway, long story short, I kind of lost my mojo <laughs> in terms of running yesterday. So I was just like, ah, oh, screw it. You know? And so I, and I had some stuff I had to do anyway. And, uh, and so then I, uh, I ended up doing like a weights workout or whatever. And then today I got up and I was planning to do 10 and, um, I don't know. I, I you can kind of hear me. I, I sound nasally or whatever. I don't know what's going on, but I, uh, I, I don't know if it's allergies or a cold, you know, it could just be, you know, the creeping fatigue from, you know, not sleeping Thursday night. Um, you know, who knows, but I just didn't feel very good. And so I was trying to do, you know, my, my little interval thing and, and try to do 10. And I, I got out there and, uh, on the greenway. And I think I managed probably a little over five. I know I'm not great. Um, but I went, my foot was hurting and my hip was hurting and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? And so I just, you know, I felt kind of woozy and I was just like, all right, there's no point in prolonging this. Um, so I ordered myself a, uh, Theragun, uh, via Amazon. I was going to go get a massage, but I'm afraid I'm not going to have time to go get that scheduled this week. So I thought, okay, I'll get a Theragun. 
and you know work out the weird stuff and hopefully attempt this 50k and this is a big folly on my part i mean i realize that i am not respecting the distance and that i am probably going to be really hating myself for doing this but i'm also going to treat it like it's a training run um and of course the hilarious part is is that you know god love rob goyan but sometimes his races aren't necessarily uh measured correctly like sometimes they run really short or they run really long like i can tell you brazo's ben marathon last year was an ultra uh it was like 28 and a half or something and uh so apparently this 50k out at mission tejas is 34.5 i think you know when you add it all up and i'm just like i'm gonna die but i get 12 hours to do it and it's not hilly uh, uh, according to what it looks like um and it's definitely not technical or anything so that will help i mean again these are this is close to like what the the goal race is going to be like and so i don't know i'm, I'm going to kind of sleep on it for a day or two um and then i'm supposed to go out on um wednesday to help joe Crusadis and some others mark the course for cactus rose out at um hill country state natural area which is like about an hour and change from where i live so and i love joe and i love you know helping out with tejas anytime i can and um yeah so i'm gonna go do that and then um yes we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes i mean stay tuned i mean my hope is that i don't have to well i'm certainly don't want to dnf and i mean who does who who goes into a race going geez i hope i dnf but um you know this is definitely not my smartest move um but i also feel like well suck it up buttercup you're gonna have to do this you know, you, you're just going to have to consider it, a, you know, a training thing. And I mean, I know I'm going to be hiking a lot of it. Um, the only thing I think I'm going to struggle with is that it's five loops. And so mentally that's going to be a problem uh, or it could be a problem for me. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just, I'm just going to have to take a, you know, a loop at a time and just try not to think about it too much. And then, you know, once I finish four loops, then there's only one left. And so then there you go, you know, it's fine. Um, and I do have a hotel the night the night before and the night after, so that way I can, you know, because because Palestine, Texas, it's where it's close. It's near Palestine or Palestine. I don't know how they say it. Texas is weird. Nobody pronounces anything the way you think it needs to be. But anyway, uh, this is about four hours for me. You know, four and change. So I'm just like, Jesus, this is a long drive. And I mean, I don't really want to drive back after a 50k. Um, I mean, I've done it before, but. I'd rather not. I'd rather be a princess. Um, and so that's, that's the plan, uh, this weekend, but stay tuned. I mean, I, I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of debating, you know, what I'm going to do. I think I'm probably going to, uh, see how I feel after I you know, get this Theragun and see how, you know, maybe a couple of runs go this week and, you know, kind of make a decision from there. Again, I am not properly trained for this at all. Don't try this at home kids. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, you got to get off the dime and just get some miles. Okay. And, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, I can't do, you know, four loops and then DNF. That's stupid. I mean, unless of course I'm missing a cutoff, but I mean, I know I can do a 50 K in under 12 hours. I mean, I think my slowest 50 K was like 10 and a half. So, um, and hell, even this year when I did Rocky raccoon, um, I hiked that second loop and I still finished in, you know, like 10-ish, you know, or something. So, I mean, you know, I wasn't even properly trained for that one either. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's, 
I, uh, I'm just sort of throwing caution to the wind and just saying, all right, well, let's just see how we do. And, you know, hopefully I will come back with a medal. And of course I'll have plenty of stories to share with you. So um, anyway, that's all I've got for now. I will see you next time. 